Hey kids, it's time for Surf Shorts! Welcome to the Surf Shorts Podcast, an innovator in modern storytelling, looking towards the future, using business terms like radical, off the lip, caught inside and totally tubular. Surf Shorts, the storytelling podcast, recorded on VHS then downloaded to cassette for maximum audio quality. It's totally radical. Hey everyone, welcome back to Surf Shorts. This is Matt again, and I'm here today with Ali. Ali, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm really well, Matt. And Ali, you're coming to us from Portugal, right? That's right, yeah. So I'm over in uh, just outside Lisbon, outside the capital, in a place called Estoril. So it's like between between Cascais and Lisbon. My geography of Portugal is poor, so I'll just say, okay. <laughs> I, I wish I knew more about Portugal. I do know you get waves. We get some great waves, yeah. yeah. So that was one of the, the main reasons I, I, I moved here. So I've been here for about three years. And, and yeah, in the city, I mean, there's like, there's probably about 10 different breaks, just like close, really like sort of maybe between like 10 and 30 minutes away from the city center. So yeah, there's there's a lot of options here. And then you've got Super Tubos up you know, where they have the, uh, the the Rip Curl Pro, the WSL event up in Peniche, which is about an hour away. And then we're about an hour and a half from, from Nazare. That, um, that's, that season's just started. So, yeah, that kicked off last weekend with, like, the first big swell of the season. Believe the, it or not, we have a legitimate big wave ride from here. His name's Mason Barnes. I don't know if you're familiar well, with, with him. I don't. Well, whereabouts are you? I am near Wilmington, North Carolina, so we're just okay. we're south of Outer Banks. If you look at North Carolina, Cape Hatteras is the furthermost cape, and then the next cape that juts out is Cape Lookout, and then we are on Cape Fear. And uh, okay, so yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty amazing that Mason can ride waves that big. Uh, being from North Carolina, but he's pretty good at it, and he had I think the wave of the year two years ago or year before last and where's he going is he is he kind of like then getting over to to, to mavs and and over to i guess jaws and I, I, traveling I, everywhere right whenever there's 12 I, i'm sure he surfs a, a lot of the places that are big i it's funny you know i don't know him personally but every everybody knows his dad his dad was a professional skateboarder and owns a really big okay. yeah and he owns a really big skateboard supply company or he did, I haven't talked to him in a few years, owned a really big skateboard supply company, and he was an amazing skateboarder. And he, his dad's just a figure around the beach, and his mother was too. And it, it's just, it's a small surf scene where we live. So everybody yeah. knows each other. Nice. That's so, cool. Yeah, so you, you have some high-quality wave super tubes. It's crazy to me, like you have a, a city like, oh, and you can just jut right out from the city and score waves. But I guess we have that in California. I'm just, you know, not as familiar with it being an East Coaster. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, it's probably, from my understanding, like one of the only capitals of, of a country where you have like those kind of, like that quality of surf and waves on your doorstep. And um, I mean, before I moved here, I was in, in Sydney over, over in Australia for about seven years. And I mean, that was... That, that was pretty good as well, but it was really, really crowded. So it's kind of, you know, if you kind of go out first light, you'd be with like 100 people or more in the, in the lineup. And over here, it's, you know, there could be just a handful of you. And then I went out this morning, for example, and I was on my own, you know, so it's, 
it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy yeah that that is that is fabulous getting away from the crowds is a big deal and i have heard that about australia i have been traveling through in the past traveling through california in the summertime and paddled out Mm -hmm. at daybreak i think we're we were near near el segundo but we we paddled out at daybreak into one foot surf into such a crowd that we were almost just jostling our boards off of each other as the one foot swell undulated through. And I was like, this is not for me, you know, a crowd like that. (laughs) It was a pretty funny experience. And though we, we lack the quality of surf for a large part of the year that California has, we have very good surf in the fall and you can almost all always score an Island or make a slight effort and be surfing almost by yourself. So there's there's some good things. Nice. Now, Let's go. you have a podcast and a show. It's more than a podcast. It's basically like a media network called Rad Season. And I, I found it very that's, interesting. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I checked you. your stuff out, and you have some high-quality surf. You, you had Jerry Lopez on? Yeah, so um, Jerry came over for his. Uh, he came over to Portugal for his new documentary, The Yin and Yang of Jerry Lopez, uh, which was produced by Patagonia. Jerry came for that for, for, for the launch, um, and Stacey Peralta as well, who was the film director, um, sort of you know one of the biggest legends in the skateboarding and pretty big. Um, yeah, I got. Yeah, I got the got the chance to kind of to like it was not I was I was hosting the event um, for for Patagonia and then um, got them on 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 the show uh, the following day and we kind of we filmed it uh, yeah in in Eracera. so um, Eracera is one of the first um, world surf reserves in in Europe. And yeah, that was kind of why they chose that location to have the the European premiere of his movie there. And yeah, it was was great. It was, it was good to chat to them. That would be an amazing experience to interview someone who obviously is one of your heroes. And I don't know if you skated as well, but Stacy Peralta in the same room, that's, that's amazing. That is amazing. I would really enjoy that opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, it was, yeah, it was cool. You and I were talking, you had a, you know, this is surf shorts and we generally just tell, try to tell a funny or interesting surf story. You said yeah. you had a, a really good one. For, were you in Taiwan? I was over in Taiwan. I was trying to think like what would be, I mean, I've been surfing for about over over 20 years. So maybe like 20, 22 years. Taiwan kind of stands out as a trip. Like now looking back as, yeah, one of the most memorable that's for sure i mean i was over there uh when i was living in australia i went with my with my wife she was five months pregnant at the time and it was during kind of uh i guess typhoon tsunami tropical storm season so it was like october time this is going back to 2016 right yeah i mean we kind of it was our anniversary trip so we we wanted to kind of go somewhere a bit different that we hadn't been before and we heard some good things about taiwan we wanted to kind of check out taipei and you know just see all the kind of being a being a big city and and something a bit different but then also kind of bounce back and forth to the coast and i spoke to like one or two friends who, who'd been there before and they said that 
you know the waves it's not like in it's not like bali or indonesia where you know you kind of go there ex- expecting perfection right um this was more kind of like okay we're gonna go somewhere a bit different and just see like have low expectations and kind of see see how it goes well let me tell you it's a wonderful woman that lets you bring a surfboard on an anniversary <laughs> trip <laughs> yeah i know i know so it's like we kind of we 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 rented a car uh, as soon as we got to taipei and i think like looking back if it was just a holiday if it was just like a family kind of trip it was probably a, it was the wrong time to go but it was the best time to go for surfing because we kind of it was almost like as soon as we landed there was a there was a storm building and it was getting bigger and bigger i remember kind of being out and sort of you know surfing some of these reefs that wouldn't really break that often just because the swell was coming in so we we definitely scored and we were like we were like oh well, I, I scored some great waves we kind of lucked out and then um you know it was like really like kind of tropical sort of torrential rain one of the kind of like in the middle of the trip i was looking at the forecast as like, oh like tomorrow tomorrow could be all time it could be epic and we were staying in this like rickety kind of hotel right on the right on the beachfront. You know, we were just looking out the window and like the building was shaking. Like, oh my god! Like, you know what? What? What are we kind of? What are we going to wake up to in the middle of the night? Like, both our phones. Like, we just had the phone, like our mobile phones, our, our cell phones, by the side of our bed. They just woke us up maybe like two o'clock in the morning with this horrendous noise. It was like <laughs> it was like this full on alarm. We looked at it and there was just, it was just all in Taiwanese and there was, we both got text messages on the phone. But it and was, it was all, it must have, <laughs> yeah, and it was all, it was, it wasn't in English. It was all, in, it was all in Taiwanese and we're like, what is it? And basically all I could just see was like then the word like Richter and then the number. Oh. So we just kind of, we left all our stuff there and I just go to cap my wife. I was like, look, grab the passports and let's get in the car so we just took took both passports from the bag left everything i didn't even try and pick up clothes or anything sure because we were like we were like right on the front i'm like then potentially there's going to be like there's going to be a tsunami coming for sure the warning oh that would have been Um, the first thing that crossed my mind uh, yeah that was was the first thing that was the first thing like as soon as i saw as soon as i saw that message and the like the the alarm go from from the phones i was like we got to get out of here so we got to like get in the car and just drive up the road uh, as far as we can go. So there was a, there was a hill behind us. Um, we were kind of at the, at the bottom, like right, right, right on the front. I was like, okay, we got to get out of here. So we got in the car, zo- zoomed up, and we went to like there was a Seven Eleven open, and we saw a police car park outside, and it's like pissing with rain, horrendous weather. There's kind of like mud everywhere, and there was just these two policemen in there, and I think one of them was like smoking outside, another one's like eating a hot dog, and they're just looking like nonchalant and chill. Yeah, they're always. They're and always... I showed them. I run up to them. <laughs> I, I showed them the phone, and I was just like, "What? What is this? And what's going on?" And they were like, um, oh, like 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 English, and they're just like, oh, don't worry, calm. And so we were like, okay, like if they think it's like going to be okay, maybe you know, maybe we're going to be all right. And then there was a TV on, uh, and, it, and it had the news, and they basically said that there was an earthquake happened in the sea 
kilometers where we were how far away was uh so like so the earthquake was 40 kilometers and then we got another message saying that and then i was like trying to like put it into like google translate and then you know i saw the message i was like okay it's like four zero so 40 kilometers there was an earthquake in the ocean and they were just like trying to reassure us they're like don't worry it's gonna be fine yeah and then we found another car and basically we waited in the car for a while nothing did happen so then we kind of like sheepishly went back to the hotel right um, um we woke up in the morning and we were still in the room and we weren't kind of washed out to sea so that that was a bonus that basically happened the day before basically the day before i was surfing this left point and it was like at a really sketchy sketchy spot sort of like right in front of these rocks and i got my leg rope wrapped around one of the rocks on the inside it wasn't exactly big, but it was like holding me down, and I couldn't oh, yeah. like, I couldn't, I couldn't reach, I couldn't reach my ankle to take off the velcro to to, to undo the leggy. Sure. So I was just like, I was like waving. Like <laughs> my wife was taking photos, and she thought I was just saying hello. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like, be like, yeah, like hello, like could someone like get my leg rope off? I think I'm going to drown here. Finally, I managed to like hold my breath long enough and kind of like swim towards it, get my leg out, take, take the leash. But I ended up like, yeah, ripping one of the plugs out. So that was the day before. So then the day after the whole earthquake thing happened, we were like, okay, we're going to stick around and we're just going to, you know, it, I think the surf's going to be on. Um, so I managed to find like a rental shop in the middle of this, like this town. And I, like, I basically I found a surfer and he was just sort of telling me like, okay, yeah, you got to go to this shop. And they had one, one board in there. And I think it was like some, I don't know, like a tough light, like a, <laughs> almost like a seven foot gun thing. And I was like, okay, I like whatever, whatever you got, I kind of just want to just for the novelty, you know, kind of get in and, and like get in the water. And I think there was like one other guy out who was an expat who, who, who was living over there at the time. He was there for about six months. And there was just two of us kind of sharing like waves on this A-frame river mouth break. But because of all the torrential rain, like the water was kind of, I mean, I, I grew up surfing in England and uh, yeah, you get some pretty like murky, like dirty water over there sometimes. And this was sort of like, pretty brown but yeah. uh, it, it was it was fun here, here we have uh, some problems with water pollution there are a lot this is the uh, the rural south is just in from us you know the states and there are a lot of pig farms yeah. so we, we really have a problem after storms and flooding events where really dangerous bacteria comes down the rivers and out the inlets and then you're surfing in that. So yeah. whenever I hear murky waters, you know, Taiwan, I imagine, I think I would have been worried about from my background, I would have been worried about whatever is in the water as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah ended, ended up being okay. And, um, but it was like just the full on, I mean, like there was landslides at the time when we were trying to like leave, we we're trying to leave this town and it was just keep, it kept on raining, kept on raining. And there was like some, just even driving like the rental car around and you know, you'd like look over the like half the cliff would be missing on like some of the roads would be like, be, like just gone through the oh, storm yeah. and stuff. It was crazy. So tell me about the surf in Taiwan in general. So you said it's, it's iffy, but they have reef breaks and some high quality point breaks. Yeah. They, they, they've got a bit of a mixture. So like on the East coast there, there's, um, there's beach breaks, there's points. Um, there's a few, there's a few reefs and then it's not really, it's not barley. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like when everyone thinks of, you know, you're going to go so or like the Philippines or kind of doesn't really have that 
that name so you know it's not like you're going to go and there's there's just not many people going there to surf and that was kind of one of the appeals that like one of the reasons i want to kind of check it out and sort of see see what it was like it's really warm so you're in board shorts from like even even in their cold their cold season they sort of you know you, you wear a spring suit uh for maybe like two or three months of the year and the rest of the time you, you're in board shorts so, that sounds, that yeah. sounds amazing. We're we're in full suits already. Yeah, same same over here. I don't even think um, in Lisbon you kind of. I wear a four, a four mil all year round, basically. You don't have to wear gloves or boots or anything. But in the summer, you're in a, a three two or a four, and yeah, uh, I'm fine as long as I don't have to wear gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. I, I don't I don't mind it. I like. I guess you get used to it as well. And I don't know. I've surfed like in, in it, like over in the UK and Ireland and stuff, and you kind of. Yeah, winter you kind of you, you kind of have to be in gloves and a hood and the whole five mil and everything. But, let's let's talk about rad season a little bit. How how did you come about to create rad season? Um, so yeah, I started it when I was in Sydney, and the idea was basically I wanted when I was traveling, I went away on my honeymoon, and we kind of we went from I think we were started off in New York and then went to Panama City. And then sort of surfed all the way up to LA. So we kind of went through Central America, did the whole like Panama, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Mexico. And then I was trying to find events and like quirky festivals when I was over there. And I couldn't really find like a source. Like you get one line in like a Lonely Planet book at the time and, you know, saying, okay, there's Day of the Dead festival on in Mexico City. But there wasn't really like one website which kind of had all these cool events sure. and festivals on so then the idea was like when we got back to australia i wanted to kind of build a site and build a platform that had all these events on yeah it sort of started off with you know like surfing events so like all the cute all the like the ct events pipe and kind of like what are like the 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 biggest kind of action sports festivals so and then then i was like looking at okay like things outside australia so like there'd be like this cool music festival a snowboarding music festival in Whistler in Canada, for example, sure. or there'd be like a food fight festival in Spain. Right. So yeah, the idea was to kind of like collect it all, put it onto one site. And then, yeah, that kind of like COVID happened. Like we had about a thousand events on our website and we sort of shifted to try and make it more into a media platform. So I started doing like a live video show right. weekly and then that kind of turned into a TV show, Fuel TV, last year. And then I sort of just continued kind of doing doing the video show, doing the podcasts. And then it sort of spun out into different things and like doing like then physical events came back and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's awesome. I, I, I talk about this on my show sometimes. So I have to ask, do you cover any motocross or dirt bike festivals like Day in the Dirt? Um, we don't actually, no, not so much. I just had to throw I, that I, out I should, there. I yeah. should try and put some, I should try and put some on. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a big, there's a big crossover in States and especially here where I live, uh, a big crossover between the two sports. Almost everyone that, you know, my kids and I race dirt bike, what dirt bikes with, they also surf. So it's just sort of a, nice. I don't know. It's, it's a thing. I, I don't know what the connection is, but it's definitely there. I wanted to say, when I listened to your uh, podcast with, with Mikey Corker on the mm-hmm. movie he did, Savage Waters, I found that terribly interesting. And I went straight out and I bought the book. Oh, nice. Yeah, the book that described the wave. So you could describe it for our listeners real quick, but or I'll try to summarize it. So 
Mikey films this show and he follows these people that stumbled across a treasure hunting book from the 1800s, the late 1800s, where they describe this big water wave, you know, offshore, evidently breaking over a big table rock. It reminded me of Toto Santos, the way it was described. And they decided to go sailing and find this wave that was described in the 1800s. And that, I've just found that so interesting. How did you get up with Mikey? Um, yes, yeah, so I I know the uh, the producer of, of, of the movie of, of, of Savage Waters, and we were kind of I think we just yeah kind of started chatting online like via, like via LinkedIn, and she said you know it'd be great to great to speak to Mikey. Um, yeah, it was just I mean the the story is fascinating, I and mean, one of one of the surfers that's in there, Andrew Cotton, he's a English big wave surfer. Um, I've had him on the, on the rad season show and stuff and before. So I kind of knew a little bit about the backstory of what they were doing with the movie. And they were, they were filming it over a number of like, you know, there was a couple of years that they've been sure. working on this project. Yeah. And this wave is sort of situated between it's in the middle of the Atlantic it, um, on the Savage Islands between uh, the Madeira and the Canary Islands. So they basically were using Madeira as kind of like the launching pad and pretty sketchy. It's like, you know, like when it's good for sailing, when it's calm, the wave is not going to be good or, you know, it's not yeah. going to be, he's a, like, he, they want to go there when it's like, when it's maxing out and when it's big, you know? Yeah, it was kind of like vice versa. Like when the, when the waves were good, it was bad for sailing and they were just trying to get this window where they could kind of go there, like where it was safe enough. And yeah, yeah. It's, a, well, it's, a, it's a cool story. It is a cool story. I haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, I definitely will, but thank you for covering that because I've just found it so interesting, so interesting. And, you know, the book, the book is called The Cruise of the Alert. And if anybody's listening to the show right now, you can listen to The Cruise of the Alert on, uh, it's free, it's live on the internet, and there's a man that reads it to you. (laughs) Part of of my reading (laughs) the book has been just listening to it. (laughs) Yeah, well, anyway, Ollie, thank you so much for coming on the show and Definitely, you know, being in Taiwan with a pregnant wife during a hurricane and an earthquake is certainly, <laughs> certainly a good surf story. Yeah. So, I won't forget it. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I, let me, let me ask you one more thing before we go here, because you're certainly yeah. an interesting person. You've, you're very well traveled. Tell me if you could wake up in the morning and be at a surf break and you have to take everything into account, the crowds, the wave the water, everything. If you could wake up in the morning and paddle out somewhere out of all the places you've been, where would that be? Um, I've got a few, but... Uh, well, you don't <laughs> want to tell us. Huh? I see how it is. <laughs> it's top secret. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, definitely like one or two spots around Portugal. Right. Uh, for sure. One um, A place over in Fuerteventura in the Canary Islands. Um, so I used to... I, I, I like Actually, I was a surf instructor over there. I, like seems like a lifetime ago, but um, yeah. So what a, a spot there? Yeah, and then maybe maybe one or two places in Central America as well. Cool, that's cool. I, I couldn't I couldn't nail it down. Yeah, but definitely something that's more un unregular. So um, it would be yeah one of the kind of right hand points. Yeah, I just had to ask because you you certainly are well traveled. Well, hey, thank you, Ali. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. I really do appreciate it. And if anything, I hope uh, our listeners enjoy the the contrast of my southern accent against your well-spoken British English. (laughs) 
<laughs> thanks, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me on the show. Hey. Yeah, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah. Th- thank you for being on. Surf Shorts Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Surf Shorts again this week. I really, really do appreciate it. I enjoyed having Ollie on the show. You know, it's tough to do an interview that far away when someone's in Portugal. It's like there's a little bit of a lag, even though we're going at light speed over the internet. But Ollie's a great dude, and I feel like the show was very interesting. He's got a super, super cool media company. It's kind of like a travel business honestly you should check it out if you're doing some traveling it's called rad season he's on instagram facebook everywhere rad season he also has a podcast that's very interesting let me tell you about this podcast when i was listening to rad season he interviewed a guy named mikey corker we mentioned it on the show mikey runs a camera and he's a film producer so he gets on this sailboat, and it takes him a couple years, and he works with this family who's trying to find a big wave, and this big wave is off the Salvage Islands. I, I know we talked about it already, but the owner of the sailboat was given, a, was given an old book from the 1800s, and in this old book, which is called The Cruise of the Alert by E.F. Knight, early in the book, they describe sailing near the Azores and finding this huge wave. And there's no surfing in the book because it's from the 1880s. But he describes this wave breaking out in the middle of the ocean. And you you can tell like it's like an epic surfing wave. So they made a movie about finding this wave and they do find it. As far as I know, I haven't seen the movie yet. But I did read the book. It's called The Cruise of the Alert. And if you're too lazy to read... And you're done with all the Surf Shorts podcasts and all the Rad Season podcasts, then you can listen to this book, The Cruise of the Alert, on Livrivox. It's spelled just like it sounded. Someone reads you the book. It's a book on tape. It's free. Cruise of the Alert by E.F. Knight in search of treasure. And they end up going to Trinidad trying to find some treasure. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. The music going in here in a second. I'm going to have to remind you, listen to Surf Shorts. Every week, every week, there's a new Surf Shorts, www.surfshortspodcast.com. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Get on there. Shoot me an email. Say, hey, I've got a story for you, Matt, and I'll get back to you, and we'll do a little interview. Would love to have you. Thanks again. See you next Thursday, 9 a.m.